Welcome to the Second Is For Everyone podcast. We welcome all people, regardless of race, gender, political party, sexual orientation, or background, to learn about your Second Amendment civil rights and the many facets of firearms ownership. Hello, welcome to the Second Is For Everyone podcast. We're on episode 70, The Return. This has to be the most rewritten podcast that has ever existed. It is now 2020. We have been trying to record this podcast for six months, and we're finally back. So, what has everybody been up to? I'll tell you what I've been up to, but I really have to refer to show notes at this point because it's been so long. So I'd like to apologize for... First of all, taking so long to get back to you, because it is what it is. Uh, If you've been following our podcast, you know Anchor is a horrible podcast host. And uh, I just finished listening back to our attempts in August, September, even October of coming back to this podcast. So I just decided to take a break, get my stuff together and come back anew in 2020. So here we are. So let me give you a rundown of what happened since the last time we spoke. Um, Our Minuteman Challenge, which if you haven't heard of it, is our grab a gun, get to the range and see what your skill levels are competition. It's designed just to um, introduce a new shooter to competition. Also, just a regular guy to a low cost entry level competition. Well, we had our. Minuteman Challenge Chip Holder Championship, and we actually hosted it at Gun for Hire Range in Woodland Park. Thank you, Anthony Calandro. And um, Woodland Park, New Jersey, if you guys don't know, Gun for Hire Range is an awesome place. Uh, awesome range, and that's also where we host the Second Is For Everyone podcast. So let me give you a little rundown of what happened during our championship and what was what it was about. First of all, our friend Ray DeJour drove all the way back from Ohio to New Jersey to just hang out with us as we shot this competition. That was awesome. Those are the kinds of friends that we've made in the Second Amendment community with not only this competition, but the diversity shoots because gun peoples is the best peoples. Um, But hey, let's talk about this because Sean and I put it together and it was awesome competition. Um, We had some crazy drills. We had like (laughs) the Navy SEAL drill, (laughs) Navy SEAL drill with, um, we ran that and, uh, it was an MP5, HK MP5 and an HK Mark 25. So we ran a drill with that, where you transition from the sub gun to the handgun. That was amazing. We had, uh, the dirt farmer, uh, excuse me, lead farmer drill, which was a stock AK going against a retro Vietnam War AR. And then we finished up with a Desert Eagle 50 AE 50 at 50 yards. So it was really great. Uh, Brian Goldberg won the overall. And uh, that's what happened with that. But when Brian won, we had something different. We actually had a high point carbine that we gave away as part of our prize package along with a lot of stuff from our friends over at Modern Material. Joe showed up from Modern Material AR-15s, New Jersey's premier AR-15 builder. And um, he donated a lot of their 
stuff and swag and everything else to the winner. So that was really great. High Speed Daddy donated stuff. Um, and it, it just turned out to be an amazing event with a huge prize table. And again, High Point also donated a carbine that we gave away to Brian. And of course, the transfer was handled up at Gun for Hire Range in Woodland Park because that's one of the benefits of being a member there. But they're also at FFL, so they can do transfers. We also had our diversity shoot in December. And that allowed, um, we introduced something else, uh, Teresa Einacker. She's the communications director for CNJFO, which is the Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owners. Uh, she's also a rep, New Jersey's rep, for the DC project. And she sent us a video message because she lives far away. <laughs> and um, But she sent a message actually talking about what the DC project does. DC Project is another Second Amendment advocacy group uh, comprised of women formed by my friend Diana Mueller, who is um, a retired police officer, but she's also a three-gun shooter, winner, actually, um, on a national and international level. But she decided to start getting into um, advocacy. And what she has is women from each state, one woman from each state, and they go to Washington, D.C. and talk to their legislators. And let them know how, one, gun laws affect them. Two, make them aware that gun owners are paying attention to what's going on. And three, shutting down that whole all gun owners are old white men thing. Stereotype, which is ridiculous. But um, Diana does great work. And we had a gap in um, New Jersey because a lot of people work here and don't have time. And we have... Uh, closeted gun owners who don't want people to know they even own firearms. So it's a little harder in this state to find a rep uh, for New Jersey in the DC project. And Teresa, who's a professor as a profession, she's a lawyer. She actually, uh, I don't know. I think it's called getting a cert to argue in front of the Supreme court. She just got that last year. So she's a successful lawyer, but she somehow finds time to not only be the communications director for CNJFO, but she is also now New Jersey's rep for the D.C. project, and she came through for us. But she's just the latest member of CNJFO to volunteer at our shoots or to participate in our diversity shoot because CNJFO has stood behind us from the very beginning. And I'd like to thank them. And if you want to check out what they do, just go to CNJFO's website. I think it's CNJFO.com. It's not hard to search it and, and read about their mission of getting concealed carry in New Jersey and what they go through. And if you can support them, support them. Even if you don't live in Jersey, here's the thing. You've been paying attention in New Jersey. You've been paying attention to the news. You've been paying attention to the rally in Virginia. Those numbers were huge, not only because Virginians came out, but because people from other states came out. And that is is what we as gun owners are going to have to do. We're going to have to cross borders. We're going to have to see this as a national struggle, not as a state struggle. So if you can help groups in other states because your state is solid or you already donate on your state level or volunteer on your state level, please do so. Um, I've, of course, supported uh, Friends of the NRA and uh, New York because that's one organization that I know about and I was brought into because they were actually being harassed by Moms Demand and anti-gun politicians, what was it, two years ago? So um, I went there and supported them. I went there last year to support them, and I'll go this year too. 
I also, you know, went to Pennsylvania uh, to meetings there to support our Second Amendment advocacy. Hey, everyone doesn't have to do what I do. You don't have to jump in the car and spend the gas money and the tolls and everything else to get somewhere. But you can financially support them. Um, I got something going on right now with myself and Aaron Paulette of Pink Pistols and Operation Blazing Swords where we're selling swag. Um, and you can go to diversityshoot.com and pick up some of that. And the funds from that are split between our two organizations. You can help. And that's what I ask you to do. I got off on a little tangent there, but let me refocus about actually what happened since I've been gone. Um, one of the cool things at our last event was Les Schaefer of Schaefer Precision Gunworks. He's located in Pennsylvania. He donated a 10-22, a Ruger 10-22 22 automatic semi-automatic rifle to the diversity shoot while high tower armory they make a chassis system for 1022 that makes your 1022 look like a fn p90 bullpup submachine gun it's really cool looking they donated it to us because they know i also volunteer at children's shoots and a lot of people come in and they want a fun gun well i put this kit on and i'm talking about it took a few minutes to put the kit on it really did i mean most of the time was spent opening the packages of screws because it comes with a butt ton of them. But um, we put it together. It's a great fun gun. It still takes the 1022 magazines and everything. We used it at the last diversity shoot and people really dug it because it's just so cool. Um, and because of companies like Hightower Armory and others, we were able to have a bunch of prizes that we gave away at the last diversity shoot, including uh, memberships to CNJFO. So I'd like to thank them and every other company that has donated, including the NRA ILA, which has really came through for us with just the bags, um, knives, and support that they've given us. A lot of people don't like the NRA. I say, hey, that's your opinion. Support another Second Amendment advocacy group, no matter who they are. But the NRA ILA does do good work. And I support them as long as they stay focused on the mission. Big NRA, I really don't have much use for, but use those assets because they're there to be used. Don't turn your nose up and leave anything on the table. Work with everybody. We do not. In the second community, we do not have to be best friends doing karate in the garage. All we have to be is allies. And that's what I'm asking. You have to have the same overall goals. I question whether the NRA has the same overall goals, but you have to understand that this is a big organization and their goals aren't going to be your goals sometime. That's why most advocacy really has to be grassroots, because once you get so big, you have different agenda than the regular dude that just wants the government to get off of my back and stop trying to dictate to me what gun I can use, how many bullets it can hold, how, just, just the ridiculousness that we all have to deal with. And that's why I'm proud of the Virginians that kicked butt <laughs> uh, and decided on their own that they were done with being stepped on by their governor and pushed back and made a bunch of Second Amendment uh, sanctuary cities and counties. That's how it's going to have to work. We as citizens are going to have to actually lead the way. And the organization is going to have to catch up with us. It's just that simple. Man, without Sean here, I don't stay focused. <laughs> All right. Let me see. Let me see. We got the prizes. Oh, 
And how about the Patreon giveaway that I had? You guys remember that? I was working with Yankee Marshall. I announced that. Uh, Yankee Marshall actually said, hey, um, choose a supporter from Patreon, a $20 and above supporter, and we'll get them a CZP10. So a lot of you guys stepped up and joined, and I really appreciate it. Uh, that collaboration was amazing. We were able to get money in. It helped me fund, I think, the last two diversity shoots of the year. It helped me get to Las Vegas for SHOT Show, which allowed me to actually speak on a panel about growing the community. Uh, and I was on stage with, of course, Maj Torrey, who was hosting the event from Black Guns Matter. Uh, Kevin Dixie from No Other Choice Firearms. Argo J from YouTube, along with uh, Eric from Iraqi Veteran on YouTube. John Hickok from YouTube. Hank Strange from YouTube. So these are what uh, people loosely call two-way celebrities. But they do bring a lot of people to the table and a lot of viewers. And and they were on stage alongside uh, the owner of Phoenix Ammo, who is one of those people that has been supporting grassroots Second Amendment organizations, unlike a lot of bigger companies that you don't hear from. Um, also, um, Casey. Uh, what's Casey's last name? Um, Casey Todd. Well, I don't think her last name is Todd, but she's Cheryl Todd's daughter, and she's a Second Amendment advocate in her own right. Uh, Cheryl Todd, if you don't know, is from Gun Freedom Radio. <laughs> and she's also uh, the owner of AZ Firearms. Well, of course, Casey grew up with this, and she is all about the Second Amendment, but you, you wouldn't know it because she's so quiet until you hear her speak. And then that's a passionate woman, and I was glad to be on stage with her. We had Zeke Stout. If you guys remember Zeke from Discovery Channel's Master of Arms, he was there, along with uh, everyone's favorite, Rob Pincus. Man, dude, you better not turn my podcast off because I said Rob's name. Um, <laughs> Rob is, of course, from Personal Defense Network, and he organized the November 2A rally in Washington, D.C., along with other things. And him and his partner, um, Michael, sent, oh, dang, what's Mike's last name? S.O. Sandini. Dang. Walk the Talk America. I stayed at Mike's house. Seriously, dude. I can't think of his last name. I should smack myself in the head with it. Well, never mind. I've been hitting the head too many times. That's why I can't remember Mike's last name. Um, he was also on the board. We had like 13 people on, on stage. And the audience was a mixture of just a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds asking questions. I can look on the positive or I can look on a negative. The room was not packed. The room should have been packed because SHOT Show is an industry event. It wasn't, but I'm thankful for everybody that was there. Thank you for all the questions that were asked. I hope we cleared up some stuff. I met some amazing people, um, and I had some people step up from different companies that said they were willing to help the second is for everyone in the diversity shoot. Um, I'm not going to say any names because, of course, people promise you all kinds of things when you're at events. When they come through with something, when they come through with actions, I'll jump right on it. Let me see. So. That took care of a lot of the stuff we did, but not everything, including, you know, I'm going to talk about what happened in Virginia and the build up to it um, and just friends of mine that were involved in it. So that's what has been going on. That's my intro. Um, and we changed the show up a little bit this year. We're going to have more guests on and I'm also going to be simulcasting. Uh, so I can't wait um, and to get feedback from you guys about how it's going. So we'll be back in a minute with legislation.
I endorse Anthony Calandra for the NRA Board of Directors. I am frustrated over the NRA not living up to its full potential as a Second Amendment champion. But I also believe with real 2A advocates like Anthony on the board, it could actually become what it always should have been. The Second is for Everyone diversity shoot exists because Anthony allowed us and encouraged us to host events at his range, at his range in Woodland Park, New Jersey, without charging the host a fee. I've stood with him in Trenton as we both spoke in front of our fellow patriots and politicians on multiple occasions. I've stood with Anthony at the nation's capital with fellow patriots as he spoke on the Capitol lawn. I believe a bullet vote for Anthony Calandro will allow him to get the NRA back on track and being the Second Amendment rights advocate group it should have always been. Check your mailbox for your NRA Board of Directors ballot. Search for Anthony's name, fill in the circle, and mail it back. Again, Anthony Calandro for the NRA Board of Directors. Go to calandro4nra.com. Welcome back to episode 70. I call this, this is the... um, what do you call this? This is the legislation section. But what I really should have called this episode is episode 70, the revolution. And it is not even the revolution about us. It's the revolution against us, gun owners, that is, because it's happening in every state. They tried anti-gun politicians, anti-gun billionaires have tried to attack us on the federal level to get us disarmed by the federal government with firearms legislation. They failed. They failed to push it on a federal level. They failed to get the bills passed. They won it. So now they're attacking us on the state level where their money goes further because you don't need as much to bribe a local politician as you do a federal politician. So anyway, a lot of us are concentrating on Virginia and really I'm proud of my fellow Virginians. Yes, I was born and raised in Virginia, uh, made no secret about that. Um, but it seems like the Second Amendment community has doubled down on success and everybody shows Virginia and you ignore what's going on in the other states at the very same time. And other states like um, Washington State, like what's coming in New Jersey, like what's coming in every other state is going, hey, you need to pay attention. And the sad part is what state happens in these anti-gun states don't stay here. It's a nationwide push against our rights. And the very same bills that are getting pushed in Washington state are the very same ones that are getting pushed in Virginia that are very the same one uh, very are the very same ones that get pushed in New Jersey and then Pennsylvania follows right along. It's a domino effect, really more real or just as real as the domino effect and the threat of communism back in the 50s, 60s and 70s. More so because they're trying to take our rights away here. And once you take your right away to resist the government, once you take the weapons away, once you take the ability to physically stop someone from enforcing their will upon you, you've taken your ability to physically stop someone from imposing their will upon you. So let me run through some legislation that's happening because right now everybody goes, everything's coming up, Virginia. Well, Virginia's getting hit pretty hard because they have a Democratic governor, excuse me, a Democrat as governor and a Democratic majority 
in both of their houses. And these guys are on the road. They're trying to push every, every anti-gun bill they can because they're in old school reference coming up. They feel they're in the catbird seat. They feel they're in charge and that nothing can resist them. And a lot of us gun people are going, hey, well, you wait until November when, when they're going to have pushback. Here's the thing. Don't wait until November. The 2020 primary elections in Virginia are on March 3rd. March 3rd is when you make a difference. March 3rd is when all you guys that are Democrats in Virginia look and see which Democrats in Virginia voted for gun control and you vote in pro 2A Democrats. I know some people going, oh, my goodness, there's no such thing. No, bullcrap. There is such a thing. And I hope and hopefully those people are girding up for a fight because they see an opening in Virginia. You're not going to get a lifelong Republican or a lifelong Democrat to vote for the other party unless just unless they wake up to the fact that there is no real party system and they're both on the same side. So instead of asking someone to do something that goes against what they really fundamentally believe in, good, find a pro-2A Democrat. Vote them in. Find a pro-2A Republican because some Republicans sided against your rights too in Virginia. Throw their butts out. Less people vote in a primary than vote in a general election. So your vote goes further and your vote means more. So this is coming out pretty much at the beginning of February, this podcast. You live in Virginia? You got to step up. Start making that move, man. Start letting your friends know. Don't fall for the okie doke about, hey, wait until November. No, not November. March. March 3rd is when the primary is. That means you can dictate who's running in November by choosing the right people in March. And that's what you have to do in Virginia. That's what you have to do in every state. Look for your pro-gun politicians, regardless of party. And if you're in one of those states that you can only vote for the party you registered for, find the pro-gun politician in your party. Vote for them. Vote them in. Vote them, excuse me, vote them onto the ballot. And then in November, I mean, hey, how glorious is it to walk in and see a pro-gun Democrat and a pro-gun Republican on your ticket? And now you can make a choice between what other policies you believe in that these people enforce. That's all I'm saying. So get busy, Virginia. Find the correct politicians in your chosen party and vote them in in the primary and vote out the anti-gun politician regardless of party. Because y'all got some garbage coming down and they're going to pass every bill that comes across their desk. Washington State, not even far behind. They got a magazine ban coming up. They got uh, mandatory training coming up. Uh, They want to repeal the preemption laws, which means every town, every county can have a different law. And you're not going to motivate and get that many people to come out and push against it when your school, when when the different boards start pushing their anti-gun agenda. That's one of their things. They know you're going to fail. They know you're going to fail to stop them all. So you have to stop that whole repeal of the preemption laws. You have to vote against that and you have to push real hard against it. Uh, Magazine ban again. This is in their house. 
I think the same thing is coming to the Senate. More gun-free zones being designated. 10-round magazine capacity. 10-round magazine capacity. More taxes on ammo. Um, yeah, unlawful before conviction. Unlawful possession before you can get convicted. What does that even mean? You're going to have a problem here in Washington State. You have to get active. You cannot sit on your butts. You got to get out and sign stuff. You got to get out and sign petitions. And you have to bring this up in conversation. I have no idea when American history, when in American history, all of a sudden discussing politics in public is rude. But that's wrong because that's where you're supposed to start it. That's where the revolution in this country started. Discussion is discussions in ale houses and coffee houses across the country. A lot of people couldn't read. A lot of people couldn't read, so they had town criers. They had people that came out and read you the news. They would read you the news in the coffee house. They would read you the news in the pub, and that's where discussion happens. Just because you can't read doesn't mean you weren't intelligent. People knew what they wanted, and people got busy with it. Now you have the ability in your phone to learn more than you've ever known about any subject. And people are more ignorant than ever, willfully ignorant, because they've tricked you into believing what is and isn't important. They have you thinking a lot of things that are frivolous or something you have to keep up on every day. And that's ridiculous. Today, the Super Bowl is being played. There are so many people locked into this thing for two teams they don't even like during the season. But they're all about that. And that's fine. That's your entertainment. But you're leaving that. You have other interests that could take place that you could also be interested in. I'm not I'm not one of those dudes that go, oh, man, you, you, you watch sports. So you're an idiot and you should be focusing on Second Amendment advocacy only. That's ridiculous. That is a ridiculous comment. And that's a ridiculous feeling. People can be interested in other things, but you should also have that prioritized and understand there's Super Bowl every year. Once they take your rights back, you're going to have to fight out of a hole to try to get them back. And that's crazy. Speaking of people trying to fight their way out of a hole. Hello, New Jersey. Yes, in New Jersey, we're trying to fight our way out of a hole. It really stinks. But right now we have our own, <laughs> our own um, two-way sanctuary movement going. And we're trying really hard to wake people up in the state of New Jersey. If you go to cnjfo.com, you can see their newest push of trying to make that happen. I just went to cnjfo's, uh, <laughs> cnjfo's, uh, Instagram page to try to pull up, you know, the information on it and uh, just saw a picture of myself uh, at one of their events and just had to laugh because the smile on my face is huge. Dude, it was so great. Uh, it's a picture of us, of, of me volunteering at the latest kids shoot. And it was just so awesome. Matter of fact, when we had the latest event, um, they raffled off a training class for me and one of the kids and an awesome little girl won. So I will be training her for free down at Fort Dix on firearm safety and have her shoot some guns. 
it's just going to be awesome. So I can't wait to do that. But um, they have a to a sanctuary movement going here in New Jersey and CNJFO is big time behind it. I'm trying to find it where it is mm. because I also uh, wrote some of this down. <clears throat> anyway. My whole thing is you got to get behind the Second Amendment movements going in your state. You need to support Second Amendment advocacy in other states. CNJFO, ANJRPC, those are those are groups in New Jersey that are fighting the good fight. If you want to support them, please do. Um, I may have links on my website. Artisan Tony from YouTube is the guy supporting my um, my page and the work we do. And I think it's awesome. And he's plastered a lot of stuff on that page to um help guide you including writing letters including how to get in contact with your representatives all of that is on diversityshoot.com there's also how you can donate to us it also has pictures from shot show i'm just trying to form a way so you guys have one stop shopping not only to support me which is great in the work we do but also to fight the good fight, to find good people to rally behind. Uh, on the homepage on the second is for everyone, there's going to be two-way rallies across the country. I have it. I have a post up that you can actually find two-way rallies up until April 1st. April 1st event is going to be in Springfield, Illinois. We got stuff in Santa Fe uh, at the end. Well, <laughs> yesterday was in Santa Fe. There are lots of stuff across the country we can all participate in. Get busy, guys. This is a real fight. And I'd love for gun owners to just all stand up at once and go, enough is enough. Because if we all push back hard enough, it would scare the crap out of the gun forces and make them stand down. If enough voters go, no. Because think about it. There are between 40 and 80 million gun owners, depends on whose numbers, you you listen to well to own a gun you have to be over 18 years old to own a gun you can't be a felon so that means between 40 and 80 million registered voters own firearms that's a huge voting block that can swing every election that's why we need to get in on it all right that's legislation nothing in particular but you need to use the assets you have to grow this thing and to fight back now, <clears throat> I'm going to throw this out. I'm going to try to find it real fast because I just pulled it off the top of my head. N-R-A-I-L-A. N-R-A, let me type it in, I-L-A. They have their page. On the N-R-A-I-L-A homepage, um, I know they have it on the app. Their homepage is not easily navigated. But they have events where they teach you to be a Second Amendment advocate. They show you how to fight back. Even if you don't like the NRA, <laughs> use it, use it to fight the good fight. All right. I'm on the NRA ILA's homepage. I just clicked on grassroots uh, on their menu. Now let me scroll down to not write your lawmakers, not register the vote, not write the media which is also something good. Definitely not promote NREALA, even though that's what I'm doing, because, well, let's get something done. 
Let me see. Where is it? Find an event. Let me see. Make your voice heard. Volunteer. Register to vote. This is not easily. They have training classes all over the place. So in my last segment, I'll tell you where the training classes are. Uh, They have a program called Frontlines, which is their volunteer program. And again, even if you don't join, learn how to fight as a Second Amendment advocate on your own. Learn how to use the assets that are available to you and just become that pain in the butt to all anti-gun forces. This is a war. This is a culture war about your rights and your ability to own private property, not just guns. It's about private property and your civil liberties. You need to be a part of this fight in any way possible. All right. That's the end of legislation. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back. Episode 70, The Return. This is the Mad Minute. I've written this Mad Minute, rewritten this Mad Minute, rewritten this Mad Minute. This is the Mad Minute that you're going to get. Let's talk about something. I have no idea what religion you are, and it really doesn't make a difference because this is about a Bible story. It's about Noah and the ark. If you don't know, uh, in the Old Testament, God tasked Noah with building an ark, a giant ship, capable of holding two of all the animals that we know you had to bring them on and uh, bring on people to repopulate the earth because it was going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights, the great flood wiping out all the civilization. And Noah was going to be responsible for repopulating the earth with animals and everything else. It makes no difference what your religion is. What I'm talking about is Noah couldn't get people to believe him. Noah was telling people something was going to happen and no one bought into it or a few people did, but he went about his task anyway. And then, of course, when it started raining and didn't stop, a whole bunch of people were knocking on his door trying to get in. It really feels and and I know this is kind of a stretch, but that's what it feels like being a Second Amendment advocate, trying to get people to understand that anti Second Amendment laws Anti-freedom laws don't just happen in California. They don't just happen in New York and New Jersey and stay there. I mean, you've seen it. If you follow my social media or anyone's social media, when somebody talks about their draconian laws in their state, you hear just move. And we continually tell you moving doesn't help. The people in Virginia got bamboozled into thinking their vote didn't count. So 70% of them stayed home and didn't vote in the prior and didn't vote in the general elections that got governor blackface elected. They didn't participate. They thought their vote didn't count or they didn't even care. Now look at them. They're the poster childs for anti-gun policies being pushed in 2020. They can't stop it. They can rally all they want, but until they vote, Until they go to the primaries and throw anti-gun Democrats a curb and have them not even be able to run in November, they can't stop it. So, yeah, this is a little bit of mad minute. I told you so. And it's also some get off your butt and don't let it happen to you. And this is how you vote in the primaries. 
You dictate who runs in November. You contact your legislators and tell them you aren't putting up with their crap and you will vote against them if they don't vote a certain way. I live in Jersey. Talking to my legislators is like talking to a wall, but that still doesn't stop them from being on my speed dial and it doesn't stop them from being in my emails, my contacts. Why? Because we got to stop this. It's your job. It's your civic duty to pay attention to what's happening. Some people get all flustered and whatever. Listen, I don't care if I have your backup. Do your job as a citizen. If I hurt your feelings by telling you you slacking, well, oh, well, I mean, you don't vote. So I know you're not going to do anything to me. <laughs> you you won't go down twice a year and vote. So I know you're not going to try to find me at an event and fight me or something. So, yeah, go participate, go do your work or else your free state can easily turn into a slave state. Understand this, if enough free states become slave states and they pass legislation making AR-15s, AK-47s illegal, that takes them out of common use. Thereby, they're not going to be protected by the latest Supreme Court ruling on what is and isn't allowed to be banned. That means they can pass a federal law and shut you down. Even if you live in one of those states, I think it's like, is it Montana that said, hey, we're not going to pay attention to any Second Amendment laws? Well, mm, if it becomes federal law, you can get cut off from funding and everything else if you don't pay attention to stuff like that. So I'm saying we're in this fight and we can win this fight if just enough of us get angry. You can do great things, whether or not you believe in the Bible or know in the ark or not. You have to admit that's a heck of a task trying to find two of every animal and carry it with you on a boat. All I'm asking you to do is pay attention and vote. So that's the Mad Minute. We're going to come back shortly with Gear Whore. Battle Horse Knives has been a sponsor of the Second Is For Everyone before there was ever a podcast. My friend Dan introduced me to the owner of that company, another Dan, and we discovered that we had a lot of values in common, from our love of freedom to our love of country. They donated one of their Comanche fixed blade knives that was eventually auctioned off at one of our diversity shoots. This year, we will be giving a few of their amazing knives to patrons on the Second Is For Everyone podcast page on Patreon.com. I've tactically fondled their knives for years and even have a small neck knife that they produce. These knives are very sharp, durable, and made from O1 tools still that are forged in America by a family that considers you a part of their family when you purchase one of their blades. Support those that support us and visit BattleHorseKnives.com. Welcome back, episode 70. This is Gihor, and we're talking about something really cool that I got from Hightower Armory. If you guys don't know, Hightower Armory has provided to the diversity shoot the Hightower Armory 9022, which is a chassis that fits onto a 1022 that makes it look like a P30. Oh, excuse me, P90 from FN. You don't know what that is? Google it because it's kind of cool. 
But this one, of course, when you put your Ruger 1022 into it, it makes it really cool. Changes the balance. Um, I think it might be the same weight, maybe slightly heavier because it feels different. But I know that kids enjoy it because unlike when I grew up, which it was um, cowboy movies, action flicks, that brought people into the firearms community because you wanted the gun you saw your hero on the screen using. Or even I used to read a lot, so it would be Mac Bowling books, um, Punisher comics, um, that kind of thing. Well, now it's video games. And this thing, of course, looks like a video game gun. Uh, it makes it look like, it, again, an FMP90. And it's a pretty cool kit. Takes a little bit to put it on. Not long. All it is is fitting things. You remove your 1022 from its original stock. And you place it into this high tower armory stock. They have different spacers depending on your barrel uh, thickness. And um, it looks like it's um, P90 with a suppressor on it. If you buy the suppressor um, cover too, all it is is a piece of plastic that goes over the top of the rest of your barrel that would stick out the end of the P90 um, body. I'm looking at their website right now and it says it's $349. That's steep. That's a lot of dough. But man, does it take this thing to another level. So pretty much is the equivalent of buying another gun. And a 1022 is fun already. But I'm 100% serious. It really does take it to another level. <laughs> I, I won't even front. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I enjoy it. Would I have bought it before out of my own money? No, because... 300 understand i'm funding the second is for everyone diversity shoots and when it comes to 349 dollars that's two events even almost three events of pizza you know what i'm saying so yes my the money that i use even in my personal life when i go to buy something like that wouldn't go to this but let's say i wasn't doing a diversity shoot yeah yeah i'm telling you right now it's worth saving a hundred bucks a month or however long to pull the trigger on this thing right here. Oh, the reason it's so expensive is because this is the hydro dip version with camo. Let me check out to see how much is the regular product. But All right, 269. That's for the desert tan one. So see, you haven't even done anything and almost saved a hundred bucks. Yeah, so 269 gets you the Desert Tan, 269 also gets you the OD Green, Arctic Gray. All right, so that's cool. I just wanted to put it out there that it's a fun stock. It's pretty much ambidextrous. It comes with um <clears throat> it comes with a cover uh for the um shells being ejected if you're left-handed. It deflects the shells down so they don't hit you in the face. I put it together with the shell deflector because I have no idea what hand people are going to be when they come to my events. So I wanted, you know, uh, ambidextrous as possible. It is a lot of fun to use this thing, man. Um, wouldn't lie to you. Uh, pretty much open with everything I say about, you know, especially when I recommend something. Yeah, the company gave it to me. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I would buy it on my own. So I really think it's worth it. It is the high tower armory. Um, what what is it actually called? The high tower armory ninety twenty two chassis. 
It's on HightowerArmory.com. You can check it out. You can look at their pictures. Um, I've posted pictures up during the year about it. Oh, dude, they even carry 1022 magazines, the extended 1022 magazines, and they they've Cerakoted them. <laughs> so they match the color of your rifle. I think these are like the BX-25s. Let me click on this thing. Oh, that is so cool. $24 for a 25-shot mag with the window. So you can see how many rounds you have, at least until it goes up into the uh, chassis itself. That's pretty cool. Well, guys, that's my recommendation. Go to their website, again, HightowerArmory.com. Check out what they have. They also have accessories to go to, including a 1022 double magazine pouch. So you can wear that on your Molly gear or in your belt loops. <laughs> Dude, it is fun. Get it. All right. That's gear whore. Uh, and if you don't have a 1022, you really should because, man, talk about America's rifle. I think they've sold 10 million of these things since 1965. So that's what's going on with that. I'll talk to you shortly. Welcome back. Episode 70. We're in the training concepts right now. We talk about training a lot, Sean and I. We are, of course, firearms trainers. And we try to push the training aspect on people. Just owning a gun doesn't make you skilled with a firearm if you don't take training classes and practice. So in December of last year, there was an attempted mass shooting in Texas. In White Settlement is the name of the town. Uh, I forget the name of the church because it's really long. But we all know what we're talking about. If you listen to my podcast, you're probably aware of it. What you do know is a loser pulled a shotgun from under his clothing during a church service. He killed an usher. He killed a member of the security team. And then he himself was shot and killed by the head of the security team. One Jack Wilson, he put an end to a threat to over 200, over 250 um, congregants in the church. He stopped this guy from murdering anyone else with one shot to the head from a, what was it? A SIG 226 or 229 and 357 SIG. I only say that for the gun geeks out there, especially for the people to peck. <laughs> 357 sig i only know one what's up doug <laughs> he's the only guy i know who still uses it but what he did was make a headshot in a crowded church of moving people and stop the threat you can imagine you're good you can imagine you're skilled but a man has to know his limitations and you have to know whether you can make a headshot at 15 yards or not you have to know exactly how good you are under a stressor. That's one of the reasons we do the Minuteman Challenge. Yet another one is when we add the clock, when we add a timer, it's just a stressor. It's not the same stress as someone shooting at you or you watching your friends get shot, but it is a stressor. And I watch people melt down all the time and forget how to use the firearm they themselves bought and have had for years. They lose their stuff. So in training concepts this time, I'm talking about training, 
actually getting training, actually facing your own demons and, and figuring out what you don't know and what you can't do and what you can do because lives may depend on it. Think about it. When was the last time you dry fired? When was the last time you actually went to the range, pulled out your defensive firearm, whatever it is, imagine a scenario, set the target at a realistic either home defense distance or self-defense distance and made that first shot count. Only one from a cold start. No do overs, no anything. Hold the gun down, look at the target and go, go. And whatever you do, however the heck you do it, you had to put a round on the bullseye, not just on paper, in the bullseye and end the threat. When have you done that? When have you started your training scenario off that way? I'm not saying you have to do it, but think about it. You won't get practice shots in a real situation. What can you do with a cold start? That's why it's important as gun owners and self-defenders that we, we, we kind of keep it real with ourselves. Yeah, we can let our friends think we're John Wick and can just, you know, do double taps and, and drop people regardless of distance. But in reality, you're going to have to keep it real. I had an incident here at my home where my wife contacted me. She was up at three in the morning and she said someone was on our back porch looking through the window. She also heard them between our houses going through the gate. She heard them coming in. She thought they were still there. I had to get my self-defense firearm, a flashlight, and came down to investigate. Now, of course, my investigation means securing my home, making sure the doors are locked, making sure my wife is fine, and looking outside to see if anybody's there. And I did that through the windows, using the flashlight, not lighting, backlighting myself, and, of course, leaving the lights off in the home, but turning the lights on outside. So as I'm moving around my house, I'm trying to keep it real. One, it's a firearm, my shotgun, 12 gauge, that not only have I shot hundreds, if not thousands of rounds through, I know definitely hundreds because I've not only given training classes with it, um, I've taken, uh, what, what do you call that? We did a shotgun workshop. I think that's what I had during that with Sean and I. And I also just shot it a lot to learn the pattering, how how it patterns, and just to get the use of that gun down. So I had a gun I was 100% confident in its use and in my ability to hit a target at realistic distances and put that target down. How confident are you? Because guess what? At 3 o'clock in the morning, it was just me protecting my family. There was no one else there. There's no one else going to be there. No, I didn't call 911 because I didn't see anyone. But what happened the next day? We had police all over the neighborhood because something actually happened. I didn't see anything, but something happened because we had police scouring the neighborhood all day. And of course, they wouldn't say what was going on either. But I know it's real. So I just want you guys to keep it real with yourself. Go ahead to the range. Do a cold start. Draw your firearm. Put one target on at again. Either your home self-defense distance or just any distance. And not just hit the paper, but hit it where you want to stop the person with one shot. Not a psychological stop, which means you shoot somebody in the pinky toe and they go, okay, I'm done. I quit. I got better places to be. 
but a real physical stop. Can you hit a person in, in the, in, hard enough with one round to make them stop what they were doing? A good indicator or a good size, a thing we use a lot, depends on the training class and depends on the trainer and the targets, is about an index card size target. That that's, should be your target zone. Can you hit an index target, index card at your self-defense distance? Whatever distance is the top of your steps to the front door, your house, across, whatever it is. Can you do that? All right, that's training concepts. Just learn what you don't know and then rectify it. Take a training class. Take someone's training class. Then practice what you learned in that class. Never settle. If you can't take a class a month, excuse me, sorry. If you can't take a class a year, you should at least practice once every month. And dry fire, dry fire, dry fire in a safe manner, making sure your firearm's unloaded, no ammo's in a room. And see if, again, you can shoot that index card at that room distance. All right, this is going on because I'm getting a little repetitious, but I really want you to be safe. I really want you to keep your family safe because you need to be there for them tomorrow. All right, end of training concepts. We'll be right back with gun culture. High Point Firearms is back as a supporter of the 2A4E podcast and the work that we do to create advocates and grow the firearms community. High Point fills a niche in the firearms market as entry-level price dependable firearms. They were the first American manufacturer to produce a striker-fired handgun, a polymer striker-fired handgun. They produce the best value in affordable, reliable, pistol-caliber carbines. They have 380, 9mm, 45 ACP, 40 Smith & Wesson, and 10 mil. And that's just their carbine lineup. Last year, they turned the firearms industry on its ear when they showed the prototype for their new YC9 9mm pistol. I truly believe the YC9 will be a market disruptor at its price point with the features and its ability to take attachments and their accessories as a base pistol, along with their lifetime warranty, leaves you in a win-win situation. So try High Point for yourself. A High Point carbine will be at every diversity shoot where it's legal this year so you can come and try one out go to their website highpointfirearms.com and see what they have to offer and welcome back to episode 70 of the second is for everyone podcast we're on to gun culture purpose of gun culture is to actually talk about the different things and different aspects of gun culture. In this particular week, I'm going to bring to you um, the whole boogaloo during protests. Dudes wearing Hawaiian shirts, open carrying, carrying plate carriers, Second Amendment rallies, and the thought process of many in the Second Amendment community, including myself at times. The purpose of the diversity shoot is to actually welcome all people into the Second Amendment community, including people that open carry. Sometimes I think it kicks us in the butt if we open carry where it's not legal. If we open carry in something unsafe or ridiculous in a, in a ridiculous manner, 
But other times, like in D.C., excuse me, not D.C., uh, like in Richmond, Virginia, like in the protest in Kentucky, wherever it's legal, if you can get together and present a united front and actually carry and, and peacefully protest, and I, I don't see why not. A lot of people poo-poo it and say it sends the wrong message. Understand. Your message is going to be manipulated anyway by people that don't like you, the people that have their own agenda, by organizations that have their own agenda, including the mainstream media that's still trying to push the narrative that the Second Amendment rally was nothing. The Second Amendment rally in Virginia, which is called Lobby Day, um, was nothing but white supremacist, regardless of the number of people of color regardless of the LGBTQ flags that are flying and, and just everything, they created their own narrative. They're going to do that regardless. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to open carry and, and, and it's against the law and it's not done as a mass protest, then, yeah, I mean, you're going to get arrested. There's going to be confrontations between you and law enforcement. And it's, it comes down to how far you're willing to go. So I'm looking at uh, still a... <laughs> What is that? Stilettes and shotguns? Stilettos and shotguns. Wow, boy. I. Anyways, Carrie Sloan's page. <laughs> and she has a picture of the Kentucky protest at their capital. Um, no more than yesterday, actually. Um, Saturday, February 1st. And you have pictures of these kids, guys, <laughs> adults, open carrying with low bearing equipment uh, and their ARs. And Dick Heller comes out from the Heller versus D.C. decision. Dick is an older dude. I've met him at the Second Amendment rally in D.C. Really nice guy and stands behind all Second Amendment. It looks like protest. And he's taking a picture with him. And he just started talking about how this is going to be the new generation. It's like this is the new generation of protesters. This is not, you know, in the 80s, in the 90s, in the 2000s even. This is 2020. You have a whole new generation of young people that are coming into the Second Amendment community and the Second Amendment activism community. And um, they really don't care to try to get along with people. They don't really care about anti-gun organizations' feelings because they see the light. We can have a discussion. We can have a conversation, but we will not have compromise. There's a difference. Compromise for the last, how long have I been paying attention to this? I've only been paying attention to this since the assault weapons ban in the 90s. And that was compromise. And what we got out of it was absolutely nothing as firearms owners. Uh, unless you count the fact that they had it sunset. That was the only thing we got out of it. Um, the proof that we got out of it was that magazine bans and banning features on rifles didn't stop mass shootings. It didn't lower the body count. It didn't do anything. The things that have stopped, and this is using their silly term, or slowed down or reduced the numbers in gun violence, and yes, I did the thing even with my hand, even though you can only hear me, was people being armed to be able to respond to violent attacks upon their person and an, and an extended effort 
by firearms owners and firearms instructors and even organizations to spread real gun safety fire and safe firearms handling into the community. That that's what has actually dropped the numbers of accidental deaths. That's what has reduced crime, among other things, but reduced violent crime. It is the ability of good people to fight back against someone that's trying to again exert their control over you. So gun culture is the gun culture is growing, and some people have a different idea of how to protest. And exactly where they're lined in the sand comes to um, their line in the sand about how much they're willing to take. You're not going to call some of these people terrorists because guess what? They're not. And they're going to stand up to you and go, no, I'm not a terrorist. I'm actually I actually can protect myself against terrorism. A lot of anti-gun people have a fear of any kind of confrontation. Even gun people, they want to walk away rather than rather than fight. There is no compromise in the Second Amendment community, not if you want to maintain your rights, because it's a slippery slope that has been going on in many places since the Revolutionary War. Why do I say that? New Jersey itself, the state of New Jersey, has no Second Amendment. You don't have a right to own arms in New Jersey. You have exemptions to own arms in New Jersey. This is nothing new. This is not something that happened in the 80s. This is not something that happened in the 1880s. This is something that happened in the 1780s. New Jersey was not a rah-rah, sis-boom-pah, let's-start-our-own-country place. New Jersey was a Tory stronghold. That's right. Redcoats lived here and thrived here. So understand, everywhere is not equal. That's why Virginia had to culture the history in their fabric as a state to push back against these stupid gun laws and these infringements because they tried to do it all at one time. New Jersey, this has been happening since pretty much the founding of this country. It's just a slow boil. And that's why New Jersey, places like New Jersey, other places in the Northeast just had this thing going on with slowly through incrementalism, they took our rights away. This new generation of people, these new generations of two-way activists, ain't having it. And it's either up to us old heads to keep poo-pooing it and shutting down potential allies or get behind it and say, heck yeah, and grab your AR and throw on your Hawaiian shirt and get to your open carry rally. Just be able to talk in front of a camera. Be able to put your ideas out there in a coherent manner. One way to do it is listen to other people talk or follow people that make sense. Not just bumper sticker logic, but the why behind the way you feel. We're going to have to be able to communicate. We have to communicate with people that aren't gun people, per se. To be able to express your ideas about why and how you support your freedom as a firearms owner. It's going to have to be your thing. We're going to have to get behind young people. We're going to have to get behind the LGBT community. We're going to have to get behind the people of color. You go, when you open this tent up, unlike the NRA is doing, but when you open it up and when you invite people from every culture, you're going to have different ideas and you're going to have to accept them as part of your culture. We're allies in one thing, our Second Amendment fight. Let's start and stop there. 
all the minutia, well, we have a bigger fight to win before we worry about someone else's lifestyle or anything else. So as part of my gun culture thing is we need to accept others into a culture. Now, unsafe practices, walking around with your finger on the trigger, silly stuff like that. Oh, no, no, no. We're not accepting that <laughs> because that can get people hurt and killed. But outside of that, open carrying at protest. Hey, man. There were 20 to 60,000 people in Richmond, many of them open carrying and probably even more carrying concealed and no one got hurt. And the media still tried to subvert the message. And when they couldn't subvert the message, they just ignored the story. I don't know anyone that was carrying the, what was it, January the 20th or Monday? I don't know any nationwide, nationwide news network that were still talking about it on Wednesday. They couldn't control the narrative because of social media. So they just didn't tell the story. So my overall message, get behind new people in the gun community as long as they're safe and long as what they're doing is legal at that time. And if it's not going to be legal, make sure there's a whole gang of you that are doing something illegal so you don't get arrested like they did. in I think it was Washington, D.C. on the steps when they couldn't transfer a firearm between themselves unless they had an FFL. When hundreds of gun owners came and just switched guns back and forth between each other as protest. That was supposedly a felony in, in that state. That's how you do a mass protest and do something illegal. And nobody went to jail. No one got locked up because the sheriffs and law enforcement realized that's stupid and we're all going to look bad. All right. That's gun culture. Come back shortly. And give some shout outs. <laughs> Welcome back. Episode 70. Uh, the return. I'm back. And this is our shout out. I'd like to give my shout out to my partners in Las Vegas. Uh, my housemates, my travel partners, uh, Argo J. If you know him from YouTube, Jay's a real cool dude. He had his rifle come out actually. Um, he actually built a rifle with American defense manufacturers. His rifle came out at SHOT Show this year. That's when the release party was. I was there, met some wonderful people there. Thanks to Jay, got to be in on how a rifle was released and some of the what happens behind the scenes. Stick around. Hint, hint, might be a future for, you know, 2A4E. You just never know. But it was really great being with him and learning learning something else. And also my other housemates, uh, Latina, locked and loaded, Johanna, and her husband, Rolando, the Puerto Rican pistolero. We stayed together um, in Vegas, got a little B uh, Airbnb together, uh, rolled to the parties together, walked the floor together. They are new to the 2A advocacy movement. If you followed Stilettos and Shotguns or myself on our social media, you saw them at the 2A rally. Um, they're just a newer generation of people that want to get into Second Amendment adv advocacy, um, both as people of color, as Latinas, and of course, uh, her, Jojo, as a woman, Johanna, as a woman, they wanted to be involved in their civil rights fight. 
and it's amazing to watch them pick up. They're awesome. Um, they've met a lot of people. I hope they stretch and grow as individuals, and then they themselves become leaders in the Second Amendment community and bring their energy and their own followers and, and just people that went, holy crap, I didn't know you were here. Um, I didn't hear about you, and it's great, and I want to follow you. And they just grow the community th themselves. No one owns this thing. Everyone can be an activist. Everyone can bring someone in under the tent. And with Argo J, he did the same thing with his YouTube channel. If you follow him, he has a significant amount of followers on um, Instagram, things like that. Because you're new to this community, you can grow this community. Heck, I'm new to this community. Um, yeah, I put in work. I go to different places. I'll be in Harrisburg at this weekend. Um, I will be at NRA in April. I will be at an upcoming rally. Uh, it looks like it's going to be taking place in New Jersey. Uh, I will be in New York. Hopefully, I can get to somewhere in Pennsylvania if it's close enough, but really, I mean, it comes down to time off of work, running out of days. I mean, my advocacy work is probably, if everything works out right, at least one day every month just for the diversity shoot. That doesn't count my training classes that I'll be giving. It's not going to count the classes I'm going to be taking. Not counting um, the places I'll be going like... NRA, like Harrisburg. So, I mean, you know, I actually do have to maintain, keep and maintain a regular job. But the thing about doing this advocacy is I meet wonderful people like Jay, Johanna, and Rolando. And I get to hang out and I get to watch the community grow and I get to assist the community grow. It's blowing me away. And I'm proud to know these people because they're getting things done. Now, Joe and Rolando are down in Florida. So, you know, some events they can't make it, but Florida's a hotbed itself of Second Amendment advocacy, and I expect to be seeing a lot more of them. Argo, he lives up in Wisconsin, right? Yeah, Minneapolis. There you go. That's, that's an easy word to say. So he's up there, and he's doing his part there. And there are a lot of people all over, so, you know, participate. Be one of us. Become your own advocate wherever the heck you are. Make moves. If you got questions, ask them. Go to something near you. People often ask, how do you get involved in advocacy? None of these three waited around for somebody to invite them. They invited themselves. That's what you're going to have to do. So when I talk about going to the NRA ILA's website, find out where they have their Second Amendment stuff at, where they have their workshops, do it. Here's what's going to happen. You show up at that one, you show up at the next one. What you've done is networked. You've showed that you're dedicated enough to go from one month to the other. Or even pick a Second Amendment group and go visit them. And if you don't jive with them, hey, keep it moving, baby. You don't have to hang out with that group of people. Find another group of people. But become part of the movement because we need you. This is, has to be a grassroots movement. Do not wait around for anybody else to do anything. It's on you. Don't wait for a big organization. It's on you. So that's my shout out. Go check out Orgo J. A-A-A-R-G-O-J-A-Y. Orgo J on Instagram. 
Latina Locked and Loaded, and Puerto Rican Pistolero. All those guys, that's their pages on Instagram. Give them a check. Check them out. Hey, give them a shout out. Tell them I sent you their way. All right. <clears throat> so what else is going on? Because this is the end of the show. I'll go ahead and tell you we got something pretty funny going on. If you saw our pictures <laughs> from uh, SHOT Show, you saw stickers with me in a tub. If you've been paying attention to Instagram, you know that Aaron Paulette and myself from uh, Pink Pistols and Operation Blazing Sword have the swag out. You can go to diversityshoot.com, pick it up, get it sent to your house. It's funny. It's cool. And if you follow the show, look, I hope you support us with something funny like that. You can pay as little as, what, 2 $3 for a sticker, or you can buy a T-shirt. I got the really well-made T-shirt, like the heavier gauge, so it was like $22 or something like that. I don't have these shirts. This is another service, so I can't hook anybody up, and I can't give anybody any. Um, What else? You also can pick up our 2A4E shirts on on the homepage of diversityshoot.com. You can donate to our Patreon. We've got another giveaway coming soon. Actually, the giveaway for January was our uh, industry rifle, which was all donated parts and built together. Um, soon as the funds hit our account and we know exactly who donated in the month of January, uh, one of the patrons is going to be picked and you're going to get a call. You're going to get an email and saying, hey, I need your FFL's information so we can send this rifle out to you. That's what's going to happen to somebody. February, we got some hot stuff going on. We got a few knives we're going to give away. Columbia River Knife and Tool. I have one of their cool knives. Um, I took a picture of it. I don't remember if I put it up on the patron page or not, but I'm going to put it up on the patron page and IG. You guys, somebody's going to walk away with that this month. I think it's going to be like a $10 and above thing for that. So if you've meet, met our $10 minimum, we're going to be giving a knife away. I think I'm going to have to actually come up with levels and put them on the page, even though I don't want to because I risk being shut down by them. But I'm going to do it anyway because you guys need to know what's going on and I need to step it up on Patreon. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, we also got the Boogaloo rifle giveaway. That's right. I'm working on the Boogaloo giveaway. I have a bunch of gear from Gray Ghost Gear that I'm giving away. I have a really cool lower that I got from Double Star and the AR manufacturer Double Star. And I'm going to put that together. And hopefully, hopefully you guys dig it. So that's what's going on. Oh, darn, I almost forgot. February 20th is the next diversity shoot at Gun for Higher Range in Woodland Park. So come one, come all, buy your tickets online. Uh, the event starts at, of course, 6 p.m. We're going to have pizza. We're going to have fun. We're going to have uh, prizes. We're going to have raffles. And I can't wait to see you there for the very first diversity shoot of 2020 at Gun for Higher Range, Woodland Park. Can't wait to see you. Go to diversityshoot.com. Tickets going to be available at the big red banner at the top that says events. Attend a diversity shoot. You can't miss it. So <laughs> thank you for sticking around. Um, thank you for listening to the show. Really appreciate all of you guys still following us into the new year. We're going to have some interviews coming up. I'm going to try to do shows a little differently this year. So stick around and hear how it goes. Think next week we'll be talking about SHOT Show and some of the cool stuff I saw there. Look forward to talking to you guys. We're out.